0: Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Gelling. And this is our monthly Astrology and Tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. Hello, my friend, me again. Hello, my partner in crime. <laughs> hello, hello. So here we are, we are in May, my goodness. So let's dig in and unpack the month. And one of the first things I think we should talk about is May starts eclipse season. And as we always say, when we talk about eclipse no no need to get anybody's panties in a wad or freak out we do have eclipses you know two to three times a year um so we begin this year so let's talk a little bit about eclipses and let's talk about the uh the sag lunar eclipse right on may 26th so unpack that a little bit for us stephanie
1: okay yeah and like you said too in terms of like that bigger context eclipse season starts in May because we have this one on May 26 and then the sort of follow up one is in June on the 10th just to put that out there then too the next ones later in the year are November 19th there's a lunar eclipse and December 3rd there's a solar eclipse okay mm-hmm. so and this is actually this is perfect we went from Big picture. Now we're going to go back to small picture, which is very much like the Sag lunar eclipse on May 26th, which is that whole notion between being able to like stay close and present, which feels like Gemini, which is where the sun is, to like dolly back and see a wider view, which is very reminiscent of Sag, Sagittarius, where the sun is.
0: And I love I love the dolly back. The dolly. I, I, it's just like, whoop! Because <laughs> it's, it's all about that big <laughs> picture. Exactly, right? That
1: big picture, that like standing on high or standing from afar and being able to see meaning And context.
0: Mm, Context, yes. yes. And
1: that's where the moon is, right? So this is where we're instinctively drawn to. But again, it's always that sense of that balance between Gemini, the facts, the figures, the sort of like almost the minutiae of data, and the wanting to like share information. And but not just to stay in that, to like, hold a bigger perspective how does that all weave together what's so important what's the meaning what's the significance mm. you know the mm-hmm. wisdom inherent so it's wisdom not necessarily just information but it yeah. is a um lunar eclipse and so things are eclipsed right things are obscured and we'll feel hey, this know- go ahead go go
0: yeah, no, it's just, it's interesting because, you know, as you're talking about the lunar eclipse and, I, and I'm like, let's talk a little bit about eclipses in general. I mean, we haven't talked about eclipses till last year, right? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, let's, let's, because this will, I think, give more context uh, uh, to, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, let's remind everybody what we're really dealing with when we're dealing with these eclipses. And, you know, definitely they're flavored by the sign that they're in and we've got the Sag Gemini polarity, but. Talk a little bit about just eclipses in general. Yeah. And isn't it interesting? Like I
1: like the idea of talking about the eclipses in general for me was eclipsed right by the details. <laughs> <laughs> so dollying back to eclipses in general, you know, one of the things too is just to think about that word eclipsed, right? Things are not seen. Things are obscured. And so with this lunar eclipse, it's a full moon eclipse, but again, it's the sense that something is coming to fruition. Something is coming to illumination. Something is coming to clarity. And yet you don't, you may not necessarily see the edges of that. Like you get the feeling that something has, I don't know if it's actually reached its climax, but it's like, it comes to that sense of awareness, but just again, the 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 details of the definitions of, well, what does this mean then? And where is this going to take me? It's yet to be revealed because it needs that time to unfold when then the haze lifts, lifts from eclipses. And we can see that more clearly. And again, to remember that there's these are not one day phenomena events, like we start to feel those eclipses weeks before. And again, feeling that sense of that that shift something significant oftentimes emerges especially if it ties deeply into your chart.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I love that we're, you know, we're we're giving that context to it because I think we sometimes forget about giving things a little bit of time to unfold, you know? And of course on the day and time of the eclipse, we're going to be feel more of the impact. We're going to be more stimulated, but like you're saying, we feel these energies coming in, you know, a few weeks before and we feel them after. And so, what you're saying is sometimes the revelation or the illumination or what needs to come up may unfold in a bit of a process with time. So if the day of the eclipse, you're like, "Well, that was nothing," <laughs> you know. It's like, no, no, no. Give yourself some time to like let this uh, let things be revealed to you. So beautiful. I love that notion of
1: unfolding, right? And the allowance for the reveal, especially when we start to like talk about the other things that happen later in the month around that time. Time is an important ingredient, right? And that patience of unfolding. And I think that it's like eclipse season can be stressful because it's, wait, look at this or something arises, whether it's an idea or an event. And yet, again, we're not really clear what it's going to mean. But I think, again, and we've said this before, that's why, give it that time to unfold. Don't yes. feel like stressed because it, there's not the clarity. There's not supposed to be the clarity, right? And so just <laughs> the whole, like-
0: What if an eclipse, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the clarity is eclipsed to have it come up on a deeper level.
1: Exactly. And if you know your chart, look to see where, I think it's about like six or seven degrees of Sagittarius and- Gemini lives in your chart, what it might be hitting off, or what houses. um, But in general, right, it's that theme of insight, information, knowledge, wisdom.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've we've started with eclipse, which the eclipse, which is actually happening at the end of the month. Exactly. So now we're going to flip back to more of the beginning of the month or the middle of the month, and and just a l- talk a little bit about the vibe for May. And one of the things that's really shaping that vibe is we have Jupiter. Going into Pisces. Now, again, you know, and Jupiter stays in a sign for like a, approximately a year or so, give or take. So Jupiter is dipping its toe in the sign of Pisces and then it's going to go retrograde and we'll talk about that but that's a shift. That's a definite shift in like the whole like zeitgeist. You know, Jupiter is a social planet. It has so much to do with what's happening in, you know, in the collective, in the world, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing. So Jupiter's been in Aquarius. And so Jupiter and Pisces feels really different. So let's talk about that. You know, when I think about Pisces, you know, water sign, I think about fluidity and being in the flow and swimming in those deeper waters of the unconscious and, you know, imaginations and intuition. So what do you think about when you think about the shift with Jupiter into Pisces?
1: Yeah. I mean, it feels like a really big deal. And even if it's for like a two plus months this Year. It does feel like a big deal because we have talked so much about that Aquarian flavor, right? Yeah. With that great conjunction at the end of December between Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius and this big Aquarian vibe, right? Logistics and science and the network and social progress and you know the collective and the weeness of the world. And still that continues because Saturn's still in Aquarius and Jupiter will be back there. But there's a new, like a new thread that comes in, right? That like overlays, which is this Jupiter and Pisces. So as you said, Jupiter makes everything bigger. It's all about expansion. And Pisces is the sign that reminds you that everything and everyone are connected. Mm. So it rules the numinous, the mystical, the empathetic, the compassionate, And it is the sign that reminds you of the blurring of boundaries. Yeah. And so on the one hand, it's like magical and mystical, like the things that we can tap into, how we can use our imagination and the imaginal and our intuition and dream the dream, all the dreams Mm. that we have had. Like we may feel like it's this dreamy time, but on the other side of Pisces, when things Mm. are blurred or the boundaries are blurred, it's are we seeing things? that really exist, or are we seeing things through our hopes, visions, and what we imagine
0: to be happening? Yeah, yeah. Well, you you had me at magic. (laughs) You had me at magic, you know, you know, so that, I mean, I just, swimming in those Piscean waters can be just so like you say, magical and sweet. And, you know, but here we have, you know, every sign, you know, has, you know, its shadow side. And, you know, when I think about Pisces, I think about, you know, that that illusion that you're talking about is like, what is real and what is not real. And, you know, and part of the fun is being able to kind of let yourself go to some different places that maybe are not tethered so closely to reality i put my little my little quote marks up there but also i do think that we have to be careful about getting too far out in the ocean and being untethered and losing ourselves in all of that and maybe we can talk about you know some ways that people can find that balance so they don't lose their way, you know? And at the end of the month, I think that there'll be more perhaps of a balance point because we've got all this Gemini energy, right? And Gemini and Pisces don't, you know, don't play well together. They don't always get along because Gemini is what's on your mind and communication and what you're thinking. And Pisces is just like, it doesn't matter. Just (laughs) feel into it with the flow. So maybe it's finding that balance between, what's real and what the facts are and what feels right. I think that that's really
1: astute and really important because I think we might get all these like water images like carried away or pulled out to sea, you know, or pulled in by the undertow. And um, without going into too many details, like I, you know, I recently connected to an experience where it almost, it's not Jupiter in Pisces yet, but that feeling. Right. And when you feel like when your imagination is so open and you can access all the possibilities, it's also that sense of which one is real, which one (laughs) is happening. Right. And maybe that's where and it can be anxiety producing, too, when you don't necessarily you're finding a new way of wayfinding. Right. Mm -hmm. But maybe that Gemini is helpful because it's yes, that balance between feel into it. Right. And Mm -hmm. see beyond what you are just presented with, right? Tap into those other realms, but don't forget to collect the facts too. Suss out the facts. And maybe that's where that, you know, that eclipse, right? In which I do still think like there can be even more of that fogginess. Like there's an eclipse, there's Jupiter in Pisces. Later on in the month, there's that Mercury retrograde. Like, You know, I think we do need to find ways to both, you know, go into the dream or go into the possible, but without getting taken out to sea, right? Like finding some practices where we can ground what it is that we are connecting to and just to say, like, is this inspiring? Is this my imagination? How do I suss out whether what I'm tapping into actually has bones or -hmm. it's just this sort of flight of fancy, Right. You know, and I would ask you, because, you know, this is one of the strong realms of your service and your work and your offerings is not only you using the beautiful reservoir of your intuition, but how you teach other people to tap into theirs. What sort right. of guidance would you have
0: for people? Because I think this is going to be really important this month. I think, thank you for bringing that up. I think that you're absolutely right. And, you know, uh, and we've had this conversation before is like a little bit about the difference between intuition and, oh, one of my little lights went off there, between intuition and the, uh, I got a clip there, Stephanie, My, (laughs) my computer light went off, between intuition and the imagination. And, you know, because here, you know, they're very, very similar, but, intuition is the sixth sense you know it's it's a natural physical sense i i always say intuition is your sacred birthright and to me intuition is communication between spirit or your higher consciousness in the body, right? So it's this sense of knowing, and it's this sense of of understanding. And intuition is really learning how to listen on a deeper level. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that with the tarot card of the month. But a lot of times, people get confused around what is my intuition, or am I just imagining it and making it up? And this is where things can get very confusing. It's a very strong. Piscean kind of theme. And what I tell people is the way to differentiate is your intuition is going to, you're going to feel it in your body. It's going to almost like just feel into and breathe into like your solar plexus, your gut, and you're going to feel something there. It's either going to feel right or there's going to be some kind of clarity. But if you can't really feel it there, it could very well be your imagination, which has this incredible ability to imagine different possibilities and spin that maybe initial instinct or intuition out into bigger, vaster realms. Like, for example, you might get a feeling of like, Oh my gosh, should I do this or not? And if your imagination is really kicking in, it could spin out based on your fear or your anxiety and take you off into like the future and this possibility and that, that has nothing to do with reality, right? So, you know, imagination is such a beautiful gift, right? But sometimes, again, here, what we're talking about, we have to be careful about, you know, are we spinning out into those imaginary realms? And where does the the pavement hit the road or the the tire hit the pavement or wherever? (laughs) It's like, what's real in this moment? And that's what intuition is going to do for you. It's going to bring you more into the present moment because intuition requires you to be present in your body. So maybe it's all of us just learning how to just breathe into our body and just feel into it. It with that physical sense, because that's going to help you really tap more into your intuition. Yeah. So, would you say this is a question I've never thought
1: of before? Also, questions, inquiry, curiosity is very Gemini. So, I like to be led by that. But, like, do you also then say, like, okay, let me, I'm giving myself permission to imagine. So, you're consciously imagining mm-hmm. and you're knowing that, like, you're tapping into a variety of things that may not necessarily be concrete. And then do you take that back and then you sift that through your intuition? Like, is what is, I guess the question is, what's the relationship between how do they work together or do they work together?
0: I think that I always say intuition and imagination are like kissing cousins. You know, what I mean, they're they're very, they're very familiar with one another. I think at the end of the day, it's all about discernment. Yeah, and I think the more you have awareness around this, and I always say intuition is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger you, it becomes. You learn to trust it. You learn to trust yourself. You learn to like this feels like a true intuition. This feels right. You know, this feels like my imagination. Spin out some incredible possibilities or maybe some not so incredible possibilities. And so you learn to differentiate, but it's a process. It's a bit of a mastery. And so, but the paying attention and like what we talked about with the eclipse is taking time. Yeah, You know what I mean? To like, let it just reveal itself. And the intuition is not linear. So it may not be like, Here's what you should do, turn right. It may be, it just feels this way or it's I have a sense of something and give it time, pay attention to it and let it unfold. And then you know, I always say keep an intuition journal. write down your intuitions Ooh. and see like, well, did that how did that play out? Or maybe did my imagination get involved and, and like spin it out into these other possibilities. And sometimes that can be great. But again, just bring it back. And that's why I always say intuition is a natural sense. Bring it back. It's happening right here in the body. Oh my God. An imagination journal is so
1: brilliant, right? And also as a practice. I mean, I'm a big fan of, I feel like we should always be working on the ways that we can see and the ways that we can perceive in our intuition. But I really do feel like these, like um this not regimented, but this like very dedicated practice this month maybe may and even into june because of the astrology feel like what the focus is right and like you know that that sense of refinement so i love that intuition journal like you write the down and then you like test it out in time right like was this just some flight of fancy okay it was okay or was this like did this not come true but was this my intuition speaking and that's a way to To help
0: to hone that. So beautiful practice. Yeah. And you know, I think it's that nice, you know, as we're talking about the Gemini aspect is, you know, at the end of the day, what are the facts here? How, you know, how did this play out? And as we're talking about the Gemini energy, I just want to mention it's like Sun, Mercury, we're gonna talk about Mercury Planet, and Venus all in Gemini. So those are the planets there. I also think as we're talking about it we're giving some boundaries for it, you exactly. know, doing a journal, you know, breathing into your body, grounding, aligning. Those are all forming energetic boundaries or containers, yep. you know, water loves a container, water you loves know, that a container. vast ocean, it gives some containers for it. Yeah. I think that's really perfect. And I would say too, like, Ju- not
1: Jupiter, Pisces being a mutable sign and Gemini being a mutable mm-hmm. sign right. and Sagittarius, which actually is actually the ruler of J- Jupiter for that eclipse being a mutable sign, it's maybe like having practices, but then also like sort of not being so tight with just that one practice, what else can I do? Like yes. meditation, also maybe a dream journal would be great. And yes. like you're bringing that, you're bringing that and then you're bringing that down and then working with the dream to see, okay, was this just like my imagination or was this also something that was precognitive or really providing me insight on how to access my path? Yeah. By the way, this feels very Jupiter cuz I feel like we could talk about this for like Hours and hours and
0: hours and hours. and hours and hours, yes. So we're we're like in the context here. So I think we should, let's just shift (laughs) our gears. Let's shift back because we've got a couple of other things happening this month in May that are important. And that is we have a couple of planets stationing to go retrograde. And we have Saturn in Aquarius stationing to go retrograde on May 23rd. And then we have Mercury stationing. To go retrograde in Gemini, its ruling planet, on the 29th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercury retrograde in Gemini is always interesting because of its in its native sign. So, Stephanie, talk to us a little bit about these uh retrogrades. Yeah.
1: And it's super interesting because that you just said that too is making me think the three planets, like well, actually it's not retrograde, but like Jupiter's in Pisces, it's the happiest in Pisces. Yeah, Saturn's in Aquarius. It's That's one of its happiest signs. And Mercury is in Gemini, one of its happiest signs. So a lot of those planets are like at home. I did want to say, because I realized we forgot to say, Jupiter is in Pisces this year from May 13th, as we said, through July 28th. And it goes back into Aquarius. And then it will go back into Pisces on December 28th and do an in and out dance again next year. But just for those um, Gemini folks. For those Gemini facts, for the Sagittarius higher learning. Yes. yes. So it's amazing too how all of this, of course, comes together, right? And maybe that's also the sense of like the magic, like having faith in the magic. Because I know I didn't think about this before, but like now we're talking about the Saturn retrograde, May 23rd, days before, days after a station, that planet's energy is very strong. And what is one of the things that Saturn is about, but time. Mm. And we spoke before about with that eclipse and it's right around that eclipse. You give things time. You don't rush it. It's not like, where's that eclipse insight? Like I want it now. Saturn stationing will remind you time is an essential ingredient in any recipe. So again, around that Saturn station days before and days after the 23rd, you go slow, You make sure you are dotting your I's and you are crossing your T's. You are paying attention to the foundations, thinking, does this have bones? Is this aligned? Does this have Mm. structure? And it's a definite time where you do not want to cut corners because oftentimes, if you are cutting corners around a Saturn station, you will know, like you will have the (laughs) consequence that you just got a corner. (laughs) So.
0: Um, that's a little bit from my perspective. What about yeah. you, Saturn? Yeah, well, it's, station? it's again the timing. It's all about timing. It's happening right around the eclipse, and then a couple of days later, at the end of the month, we have the Mercury. And you know, I always think that here you're talking about Saturn and you know, slowing down. The word that comes to mind to me is mindfulness. You know, and especially with Mercury and Gemini, which emphasizes communications and words and being very mindful about what you're saying and what the communication is and what those words are, because words are so powerful. And so this is a time where I think, you know, the, the, what, the last week or so of the month, really think before you speak. Be mindful of what you're communicating, because we're as we're talking about, things may feel a little hazy, you know. You may not have that clarity. And if you don't have the clarity, maybe it's okay to just, like, I'm going to marinate on this thought or i'm going to marinate on this communication before i kind of put it out there yeah yeah i think that's really important and it maybe too it's like it gives that
1: grounding to that otherwise Mm -hmm. sort of like drifting off into the otherworldly yes or like flow like that yeah and you know maybe i would say this too like if you say okay that was a great idea the intuition journal but like i'm not going to do it every day for weeks and weeks Maybe what you do is just around the Saturn station, that's when you
0: do it, right? Because yeah. Saturn will reward giving a structure to something. Yes, Saturn does reward. When you do the hard work, Saturn does offer the rewards. That's I love that. I love Saturn.
1: that. And, and one more thing about that. I would say, even though personally, I don't necessarily, um, what's the word when I say, like Saturn's retrograde for many months. I don't think look at it like a Venus retrograde or Mars retrograde or Mercury retrograde. Like that period is a what have you. But some people do like to know what those dates are, right? So Saturn yep. does go to retrograde on um, May 23rd. It will be retrograde till October 10th. Just okay, facts great. and figures. That's It'll be yes. Gemini season in a few weeks. So facts and figures.
0: Yes. Good, good, good. Excellent. Okay. So can I pull in the tarot card? Wait, do you okay. want to do the Mercury retrograde? Well, yes,
1: go, or go, go. just a little go, bit go. more. Like I'm like all like the facts and figures of the Gemini. Um, okay. So Mercury retrograde, as you said, Mercury goes retrograde on the 29th and it is retrograde through June 22nd. And that same old, same old, we always say, you go back over things, you re-edit, you re-communicate, you look at things from a different vantage point, And especially around the times of the, the shift in directions, you... Remember the power of the pause, right? There may be lots of information coming to you
0: and you remember Saturn and you go slow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think too, with the, you know, the the lunar eclipse and Sag you know, around this time, you know, give or take, you know, it's all about, you know, maybe the difference between information and wisdom. Mm. You know, information is the taking it in and the facts we're talking about. But wisdom is really where you, I think, really feel into it and have more of an experience of it. And so maybe there's some kind of balance of like taking the facts and then really digging into more of that that inner wisdom, which is the perfect segue to the tarot card. I'm just, I just, I'm so excited to talk about the tarot card for the month because it's one of my favorites. So Okay. So um, I chose the high priestess. And in all the years that we've been doing So Divine and we talk about tarot cards, we've never talked about the high priestess before. And she is ruled by the sign of Pisces. And the high priestess is very much about going within And tapping into that inner wisdom. And the idea with the high priestess is within us all is the knowing or the knowledge of all things. This is the intuition that we, whatever we need to know in the moment is within. And so it's really learning how to cultivate that stillness of the that very active conscious mind to get more into those deeper senses into the intuition, into you know, the inner mystery and finding that knowledge and the way that we do that is through stillness and reflection and mm-hmm. contemplation. And so with the high priestess, she's she's how say she's not of the, not in the world, but she's of the world. It's like, she's very much in her own space. Like they talk about, she's behind the veil of Isis and the veil of Isis is like a little bit of this separation from the world into her inner world. And the uh, axiom that oftentimes goes along with the high priestess is ask and you shall receive. Mm -hmm. And so with the high priestess, instead of like, I need an answer to all my questions and I need to understand this now. It's like, Ask the question, mm. go with them, and see what you receive. And this is kind of like what we were talking about with intuition, feeling into it. You know, what is that knowing? It's not going to be out there or up here. It's going to be right here. Mm. I almost feel like I have to whisper <laughs> when I talk about the high priestess because she's so quiet She's so powerful in her stillness. So, mm-hmm. she's a great archetype for the month. Get out your tarot deck, pull out the High Priestess, put her on your altar, and yes. next to your intuition journal, and just commune with her because she's she she will really kind of lead you inward in a powerful way.
1: I can't believe how she really captures like all the fractals and facets of this month. You know, even when that- we were talking to you about the act of
0: asking right mm-hmm. not just to mm-hmm. sort of like
1: be and maybe that too that act of asking is another way to sort of um you know sort of uh hone in or sort of carve out the sort of the clutter of confusion of the uh, you know the imagination the act of asking and also like you said that powerful in the silence in the quiet which is yes. very jupiter and pisces Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> but the Gemini actually could be like, da, 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 da. we have to go back to the silence
0: and the quiet. I think at the end of the day, we're looking at that balance. You know what I mean? And the balance. And I think for a lot of us we're a lot more comfortable in the, the linear Gemini world than maybe the high priest's world because we do have to like get quieter, you know? Oh, so
1: Yeah, how beautiful. I am gonna throw one more Gemini factoid out there. Okay. Is although we don't necessarily to talk about it, just um a little nod to the new moon on May 11th, the Taurus new moon.
0: Oh so just gosh, like how could we forget mark, that, mark that?
1: Mark that mark that moment. So we are still a little bit in, you know, the first three weeks ish in Taurus
0: season and there's that new moon on the 11th. Right. And, and the new moon in Taurus is, you know, again, it's that Taurus energy of grounding and, you know, the, the senses and being in your body and being in your daily r- rhythms and just letting go of the old and, the new. Yeah, Let's and it almost feels so great, the timing, like, ground in your body, mm-hmm. because
1: then we're just going to, like, be open to
0: all of this, right? And with the, and the Gemini. And- the Piscean. Jupiter and Pisces floodgates open. Oh, my yeah. God. Magical. Wonderful. Well, this sounds like this could be a really magical, mystical, intuitive, imaginary month.
1: I agree with you. I agree
0: with you. Wow. I really feel like we
1: discovered you know almost like the, i always feel like these conversations are like you know almost like we know what we're gonna say and share but then like things really come alive like the astrology yeah. and the invitations really come alive in the conversation yeah. yeah so
0: yes well thank you stephanie and thank you out there and you can as always reach us at so we love hearing from you anything that you want to talk about and As always, thanks for being there and have an amazing May. Have an amazing May. And just a shout out, thank you
1: to our podcast partners in crime, um, Nick Patri and Sebastiano Tecchio for all your support and guidance. So have a great May. Bye.